Welcome to the Hard Water Fishing Show. Jeff and Jason talk tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We are alive. Hardwater Fishing Show, Season 4, Episode 14, also known as Episode 50 of the Hardwater Fishing Show. It is the second week of March 2021. Tonight on our show, we have a crossover show with another ice fishing podcast, The Short Rod Show. We have Ben and Brett on the show to talk about all things ice fishing. Well, tonight we have Ben and Brett on from The Short Rod Show. We've been wanting to do a crossover show with these guys since they came on the scene a couple of years ago, and we're actually excited because they tend to fish, I think, a lot more than we do, and maybe they can actually give us some good advice that our listeners can use. And I have a sneaking suspicion that uh, we have some crossover listeners. So welcome, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, really excited to be on. We've been, uh, as Ben mentioned before we kind of started rolling here, we've been uh, longtime listeners of the uh Hard water fishing show. Yeah, and we talked a little bit too. The the podcasts that are out there, you know, ours ours are a very similar podcast in a lot of ways where we just tell it like it is. You know, we're yep. just two guys that are uh friends and enjoy yep. talking ice fishing. So Not yeah, I'm worried. sure there's people that listen across both of them too, but probably some listeners that have no idea about either. So thought it'd be cool to get together with you guys. So we appreciate the opportunity. This is awesome. Chat fishing. Oh, it's it's always good anytime. And that's you know part of why we started doing our podcast years ago is it gave us an excuse to get together and, and to talk fishing. You guys oh, yeah. looking at the zoom we're on, you guys are actually in the same, same room. Yeah. So we live kind of across town from each other, which is pretty, pretty helpful. So when you talk about getting out and going fishing together, that definitely that yeah, helps. That helps. <laughs> and I think podcast wise, it just helps being in the same room. Cause then you don't have this delays over zooms and you don't have, yeah. you know, you can definitely read each other's body language and kind of see what's going on. Yeah, we're pretty fortunate to be able to let our, our wives let us get together once a week and <laughs> in the name of the podcast and, and record. So it's pretty cool. Do it for the podcast, you know. I mean, <laughs> got to go out fishing. It's for the podcast. Yeah, got to buy this gear. <laughs> it's for the podcast. That, yeah, it's, it's, you it's, ask how we get out fishing so often. That's exactly it. <laughs> I just say, hey, we're going to go record. We got to go do something for the podcast. Can't just talk about that fishing trip we went on two weeks ago. We need a new fishing trip to talk about. So, uh, yeah, so we put a few questions together, and I'm sure we'll veer off of them, but we, we'll start out with the really hard one. Um, both of you, if you want to answer, what your favorite fish to catch is? Like, what what is the thing you go to? If it's like, I'm going after my favorite thing, what is that fish? We'll let Ben take that first. Well, I, you know, our, our listeners kind of know I'm a crappie guy, and I'm I've, I started out crappie fishing, and it's just, it sucks you right in, you know, there's always something new, uh, to learn about, you know, crappie behavior and habitat and, and where to find them. Uh, it's fun. Once you get on a school of them, um, you can catch just a wide variety of sizes of fish. Like I, I get entertained, you know, pulling in a six inch fish or a 14, 15 inch fish. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a crappie guy for sure. Now I think I saw you, you got the panoptic rig going no that's yeah so brett graciously uh guides me uh, out on the water towards the schools of crappies now (laughs) yeah that has been helpful uh it's not like you just scan around and you just see balloons of fish all over the place i mean you actually need to go actively find them still but 
it does help zero, zero them in pretty quick. Yeah. Jason pointed out to me this year. He's like, you know, if you wouldn't have spent so much on your summer fishing, you could yeah. have got a pandoptics, <laughs> but instead he overcommitted on his summer fishing. <laughs> yep. You got to have a balanced budget. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I don't have any budget. So. <laughs> what about you, Brett? Uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to go with the channel catfish probably, uh, would be my favorite one to go through. It's definitely, yeah. A little off the beaten path. The cat Uh, daddy. That's what we call Brad. Yeah. Cat cat daddy. daddy. (laughs) Tell us about those. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) no, it's, it's, it's interesting because in the winter time, they'll really kind of stack up on top of each other in a real small area. So if you could find them, you could pretty much bank on, you know, a nice little honey hole all season long within the same general area, but that could be the difficult part is finding them. But down around here, I mean, aside from catching bluegills and crappies and, you know, catfish are about as big as you're about the biggest fish that you're, you can c- consistently catch mm-hmm. um, and really give your schoolie rod a good run for its money. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, are, are you fishing them then in, on, a, on a river edge or you, like Big Creek or, or something like that? Yeah, mostly, yeah, some sort of dammed up sort of pond or lake or some reservoir sort of situation mm-hmm. they're not necessarily always on the edge of the of the creek channel i'd say yeah look for a steep drop off um especially if you can find some wood deeper uh 20 plus foot um that that usually seems to hold a few also i mean i think about like oh we fish for a lot of things we've been doing this for a long time yeah i have never caught nor fished for a channel cat in my entire life so this sounds oh, like yeah. a mission yeah a 20 plus inch channel cat will give you a run for your money just as much as, yeah, I don't know, any walleye that you would have caught anyways. Yep. And in the summertime too. I mean, you can't beat going out, catching channels. Yeah. Just casting and reeling them in. Then many bait up, bite on the same thing that anything else does. Yep. A couple of wax worms on a spoon. They'll come, they'll come munch on that. Yep. So, so what's, and this is going to be my ignorance and I'll stop asking questions. I'm just oh, no. when I learned about a new fish, but so a channel cat, like I really only have ever caught like, catfish but honestly mostly bullheads <laughs> like and i don't oh, know yeah. if I, they all go into the same category i'm sure i know they're not but like things with whiskers yeah, things <laughs> with whiskers for 500 yeah <laughs> so so no this sounds awesome i know they get big and they they fight hard so do you yep. do you keep these beasts too and eat them up or uh oh yeah oh yeah i don't <laughs> keep the real big ones you know if i'm pulling a 30 plus incher i probably won't, i'll probably put that one back but i'd say yeah 15 to 22 inch hmm. i'd keep that yeah sweet yeah and they're all over in the, the local ponds around here too yeah which is cool it's one of the stock species in the the metro des moines area pond so uh, there's a pretty decent getting to be a good population of them in a few that's of really where some of our fish. secret hot bites are around town here like um, you can rely on a few spots where they're just stacked up year yeah. over year so, so I know you guys talk about the schoolies all the time and, you know, I was just li- listening to one of your episodes recently when you're talking about the big schoolie, there was like a bigger schoolie oh, yeah. rod. Yeah. 40 inch mag dog. Mag yeah. Dog. yeah. <laughs> so, so is this, a, do you, do you use a schoolie all the time or is that just kind of like one of those, those like token things that you drag around with you? <laughs> no, that's all I have. I've got six of them. Wow. Uh, and that's all I run. I've got what, two, two of the thir- 12 inch ones. I think yeah. they're 12 inches. Yeah, pretty short. Three. 26 inches okay. and then ben got me the 40 inch one yeah uh, they're, they're hard to find a couple weeks ago yeah those were, i didn't <laughs> know they even made them yeah uh <laughs> and you finally that finally it took the 40 inch schoolie to get enough to get some bend in the rod the other ones are pool sticks sure. uh okay but that 40 inch one you can really put some bend in it and yep. it's Sweet. got some play to it so, yeah, and, so and why I, the schoolies then uh it's just something i've always grown up with 
buddies all use them from yeah. back home. And, you know, where I grew up, uh, southeastern Iowa, uh, you'd be lucky to get three, four weeks of ice fishing. So, I mean, investing in a $100 rod was just didn't seem to make any sense when you're only fishing for three weeks. Yeah. Um, but then also, you know, I like that, that light bobber tip on the end. You could, you'll detect any bite that's going to happen with that. So there's just a combination of those things. Yeah. Cool. So, so does your schoolie then have that little spring bobber that like, is that what you mean? Like that goes yep. over the top. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. Very cool. All right. And then there's some modifications that do guys do to them. There, you could get a bigger handle to put on them and they'll put some weather stripping on the inside of the reel. So you can get a larger crank when you crank them in. Sure. There's all sorts cool. of things folks yeah. do to those or things. Or mount them on a nice custom rod. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we had, uh, what Brady Bach a couple of weeks ago on, and he mounted his onto a bull. He mounted a schoolie reel onto his bull whip. A bull whip. And those are like yep. what? $150, yeah. $200 yep. rods or something. $7 reel he put on her. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. Hey, if it works, it and works. And then he sent us a big picture of crappies that he caught with it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it was cool. Next one is kind of, and this, we might've already talked about this. I don't know, but what is the favorite piece of gear each one of you bought in the last two years? Ooh, two years. Mine's going to be obvious, but I'll let Ben run first. That, that's why I, I was thinking, Brad. I'm like, <laughs> we, we kind of might have covered this, but. Last two years. See, so I, I kind of got into ice fishing really hard and where I started coming up, you know, having a little bit more resources to spend, you know, spend my money on, on good gear. And, you know, we talked a little bit before the show, but, I, you know, I went through that stage where I was just buying crappy gear, you know, just whatever, whatever I could find at Fleet Farm or, or, you know, one of the. Facebook. Facebook marketplace, all that kind of stuff. Craigslist. Craigslist and used stuff. Um, so yeah, within the last couple of, so I'd say like four years ago, I, I had a huge plateau. I just was like, yep, I'm just going to go all in, spend all the, all the money that I need to get everything that I want. So I got a nice shelter and auger and all that stuff. Uh, in the last two years though, we we're just talking rods, the, the custom rod that's, mm. that's been the, the best purchase for me because that is my go-to the the tuned up custom bullwhip. That you know, I'll give them a plug. It's a it's a great rod just for compared to what I was fishing before, right? The cheap Walmart right. fray bill combos and that kind of stuff. Um, so that's my go-to. Number two, though, followed closely by that would be uh, I got some Norfin Klondike boots this year, and they are legit. I really thought that was gonna be your number one. Yeah, that's I mean that's real close because like having warm feet, everybody knows that'll just ruin your. Day. And they're not yep. sweating if if you get cold feet. Uh, the boots are really light, waterproof. Like they got a little spike on the end. If you, yep. you know, get real slippery out and you forget your, your other spikes. Uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty sweet. So yeah, those are my I top have, two. I have those same boots. You like them? Um, oh yeah. Love them. Love them. Bought them a couple of years ago. They got the little flip down cleat. Yeah. Um, we just got, I just got back here a couple of weeks ago from the boundary waters. We were up there for, for four days, wore them every day for fishing up there. Nice. You know, um, you can pull the liners out, dry them out. Um, I, I added, a just one little piece of felt foot, footbed liner on the bottom mm-hmm. of mine just to help with some of the longer days. But yeah, they're great boots. They're Don't unbelievably get... light. Yes. Yeah. Like unbelievably yeah. light. Yeah. They're great. Do you, uh, do you wash your liners at all? I haven't tried that yet, but I wasn't sure if they're made to be washed or not. I... No, I haven't. Nope. Yep. All right. We'll find out. <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes. Jason, do you, do you, you don't strike me as the, the wash your liner. Kind well, of yeah, unless you're, you know, you kind of hold the boot on and you're like, Whoa. But you know, what I will tell you is I contacted the, 
the local, the distributor here in the United States looking for a second set of liners. Because on this trip I went on, I was concerned about if I got them wet to be able to dry them. And I just, you know, thought, hey, hey, just having a second liner would be the way to go. And they Mm -hmm. don't ship them to the United States at this point. So um, I emailed the company themselves um, directly and they never responded. So so if you wreck them, you may have to go with some sort of other liner for that boot. Or buy a new boot, I guess. Or buy, well, yeah. So... Can you can we back up to the rod a little bit for people oh, that yeah, don't sure. know what that rod is? Can you kind of walk us through like the action, how heavy, what what's your what you're doing? Well, I, I did a lot of research on what kind of you know upgraded rod that I was I was in the market for, and you know I'm I'm a big pan fisherman, crappie fisherman, occasional bass, you know, occasional catfish, whatever. Um, so I want I didn't need something you know with a real heavy backbone, but I still wanted something that could handle you know a walleye or a or any other bigger fish, I guess, uh, just take me longer to get it in. But, um, the, the tuned up custom bull whip, it's, it comes in a couple different lengths. I have a 32 inch, uh, and it's just the stock, you know, go to shields and buy it off the shelf, uh, kind of rod. There's nothing real fancy about it being custom other than the blank is custom, but. Well, you uh, customized your first one when you dropped it. Yeah. I customized that. Oh, no. <laughs> that, was, that was a bad deal. <laughs> that was a heartbreaker there. Um, but yeah, I got the split, split grip, the EVA grip, um, gives you a little extra feel to it. Um, uh, and then it is a, it is more like a power noodle rod. So okay. it's got a nice noodle tip. Uh, the tip acts as your bite detector, you know, spring bobber type springy tip, uh, but then goes right into a pretty hefty backbone to get, course some fish in and it's held up really well getting fishing it just can't withstand some downward force onto the ice you know just falling out of a backpack that's the only thing it doesn't handle just breaks in half at that point so oh my gosh yeah that's a tough day but uh tuned up (laughs) will do uh for fifty dollars if you send in all the parts of that rod they'll send you a new one so that actually you know it's kind of like their cost of it or whatever, you know, just, mm-hmm. Hey, sorry, you broke your rod. First-hand knowledge of that. One, so yeah, that's pretty cool. So I, now I've, I have actually, two I've actually seen the tuned up custom rod shop. I know where it is. I've, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I've never been in there, but, um, uh, the, there's a car cruise. I'm, it goes in front of the Coon Rapids Boulevard where they're located. So, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, there's a custom rod place right there as I'm cruising right. by. Nice. That's awesome. So welcome to Jason's like, yep, this is how Jeff goes on a tangent. Left, <laughs> right, no, that's, whatever. that's good. Some good stuff <laughs> that's usually where we end up on is on some sort of tangent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, cool. I, and, and, you know, to get back to the boots, the one thing um, I will tell you is if um, – you climb on the top of somebody's wheelhouse, make sure to put the spike put down. Put the little thingy up. <laughs> <laughs> we were clearing ice off my ice jack. And I'm like, Jason, you put your spikes down, right? He's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, okay, good. Because otherwise it's going to be raining inside. Little holes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they oh. are sharp. Yeah, don't walk in your wife's linoleum with them on either. Jeez. <laughs> oh, there are, you know, there are some, you have to be mindful of the little spikes, but, but they're nice, you know, because you don't, you don't have to mess with the, the extra, you know, like the yak tracks or the cleats yep. or nothing. So yep. very and, cool. And Jason Great minds me, think alike, huh? That's right. Yeah, Jason yeah, saw like me it. wipe out hardcore this year on Mille Lacs. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to have to dig a hole and bury him. Oh, geez. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, we went pretty good. <laughs> yep. Kind of the next thing I want to talk about well, was we got we got to go through Brett's favorite. Yeah, oh Brett. gosh, we totally got totally distracted. <laughs> Brett, I'm totally for, sorry. For Let's go. Oh no problem. This. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. 
It, well, it's given me time to think about other uh, options besides the Panoptics. That was the best purchase that I've had in the last two years. I'd say, yeah, so the Panoptics, I think that it's an expensive sucker. <laughs> so it better put you on some fish. And it definitely does if once you figure out how to, what you're looking at and how it works. But the second best thing that I think I've purchased is that clam plate with a laser drill auger. Yeah. Because before I was running a chipper blade and that thing sucked. Yeah. Uh, yep. uh, chipper, what, uh, Strike Master yep. uh, gas auger. Uh, going from that to the clam plate with a drill and electric and that yeah. thing's slick. Yeah. So uh, we have almost identical setups now and we just, we can rip holes yep. all day long. We did break break the drill this year. Yeah. Oh. Um, after running for six years on my clam plate, six seasons. So. That was our most famous Facebook post we've ever had. Yeah. Is <laughs> taking one picture of Ben's broken drill, and just let the internet just ra- the ice fishing community just ran with it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, should have bought Milwaukee. Yada yada yada. <laughs> so yeah. Milwaukee guys get in there. And then the the very next oh, yeah. day, somebody posted a, a Milwaukee. The chuck was broken off. And every other post was should have bought a DeWalt, yada yada yada. It doesn't matter. Every no, <laughs> no matter no. what you buy, the other team's yeah. gonna chime in. Yeah. They're not team. made for to. I mean, they work great on the ice, but they're definitely not yeah. built for the ice sort of situation. Yeah. yeah, I'm heading that way next year. I just bought a. I bought the Eskimo Power Bit this year, mm-hmm. and then I just picked up on sale at DeWalt Drill. So next year for early ice, at least I'll nice. start. My God, the weight difference compared to my Eskimo propane is just. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I think yeah. I'm gonna like it. Yeah, yeah. should have bought just a Milwaukee. Should have got a Milwaukee, Jay. Well, rigid. Should have got rigid. a rigid. Oh, yeah, rigid. No, no one say anything bad about those. <laughs> Not enough people have those, so you don't hear anything bad about them. <laughs> Price sells. I think whatever you can get the cheapest. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, you're gonna love just going up to a hole and just pulling the trigger and going. Like you don't have to start pull starting something. Oh, I need to go drill 20 holes to make it worthwhile Yeah, that I just got this thing started. You know, you just go up, pull the trigger and go. It's it almost, awesome. I almost like perk up when I hear someone start a gas engine anymore. <laughs> oh, like, totally. I'm like, it, it, Oh, somebody's still running those things. Oh yeah. You know, that is the one advantage of the propane though, is there's no warm up. Yeah. That's one yeah. thing I've liked about the propane. You don't have that. You one pull, it starts, you drill your hole, oh, good. You yeah. shut it off. It's yeah. the weight. Earlier this year, we went up to, uh, up to the Brainerd area to go fishing, uh, like early ice. And that, that one lake we got on weird, some guy told us to go fish a, a pond, uh, later in the afternoon. Like, all right, yeah, we'll go try that. And that's when we knew we were on a community hole is when everyone else had gas augers out there. Like there was no traveling in. There's none of that. It was all like, just, we fish this spot and that's all we fish. Yeah. Uh, so that guy did give us a legit community hole. Mm, yeah. I really thought he was just sending us off into the boonies with the <laughs> He's our with the, the logging road we had to go down that was yeah however many miles and yeah, that was cool yeah no yep. you're right though I mean I hear um, when I'm out there now when you hear a gas auger crack off you're like whoa what's that yeah what's going on I mean they're not very common anymore and and you hear them because you can hear it from like a mile away when somebody starts one of those things oh, up yeah. so yeah so they're still effective that, but that's another thing that I've going back right back to the panoptic a little bit is the ice noise, like making so much noise mm-hmm. on the ice. I never, you never really realize it cause you just made the noise and you couldn't tell what was going on, but shooting your beam under the ice and seeing where people are digging and what's going on. You can uh-huh. really see those fish move around and stuff. And, or when I go to drill a hole and I see the fish scatter um, and then trying to get back on them or whatever, uh-huh. but it's really something I, I think I'll be pondering on over mm-hmm. the summer. Yeah. So, so really eating you up. Do you see when you, with your electric too, they, they still run away? 
Oh yeah, they they they'll yeah. move even when you're walking over there. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, cleat cleats are kind of yeah. That's a that's a no no. Ben had some really aggressive cleats, and I was yeah. like, dude, you gotta stop wearing those things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow. he never fell. I've never seen him slip or fall, but uh, they were making too much noise, and they were just spooking fish off. Yep. Wow. So yeah. when when Jeff's in his ice shack watching movies, eating yep. Doritos, do you think that could impact the fishing? Well, it depends if the Dorito dust is getting down the hole or not. <laughs> <laughs> kind of falling down. Yep. I might bring them in. Chum in the water. Yeah. I, I actually, the biggest thing I worry about is that generator. I, I feel like yeah. that yeah. that's loud, but I, I don't know. It is what it is. So, yeah, we actually moved last last my last weekend up in Malax. Um, we were kind of by a bunch of people, and we moved away from some people just because we wanted to get away oh, yeah. from the noise. So, so give me. Uh, I'll interview you for a second. Yeah. Give me a rundown on. Uh, kind of you're running your ice house then because that's something i've never really done um so when you're on the lax are you just you just set that up and it's just set there for the year or you're just kind of like moving around trying to follow fish or like you said you're trying to get away from people or what's your technique to setting up an ice house like that yeah so um and jay jay's been up there with me a little bit too so this is my second full year i've been on Malax. the year before the first year i had it we kind of just went all over the place but um I will leave it out there on the ice, but typically if I'm not catching fish, I will move, but I won't move like every 15 minutes. Right. I mean, like it's, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty portable. I mean, with two guys um, you can probably move from spot to spot in maybe an hour, you know, like if you're mm. just going to go one place to another, well, that's not so bad, but you know, there's some limitations, right? Um, so it depends on what snows out there. Uh, I don't have a plow and everything. Um, we're out of a the Red Door Resort is where I go out of in Mlax, and they're super great, right? Like you can call them up and say, "Hey, I want to move. Can you plow me a spot?" Right? But then that takes time, and and there's some some friction there too. But um, as Jason's seen, it's it's no fun to get stuck out there either. So no, yeah, so well, he drives like a I don't know what is it a Prius? No, that's me. A Prius. Um. Right, a Prius. Come on. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's, um, I mean, it doesn't take a ton to get stuck. I mean, this last weekend I got stuck, you know, Dave Northwoods, Dave, my buddy, Dave, he was in front of me and he's got like a Nissan Titan pickup. And so he blew through the snowbank, and I'm pulling my shack and I'm on my SUV and I'm like, Oh no, we're done. Oh, no, like, <laughs> right? I like, no. So I'm like, so I buried it. And when I, when I get out in the snowbank is like halfway up the doors, you're like, Oh yeah, geez. That, that was, too yeah. Bad. To get back to your question though, I, I would say I will move it when I'm not catching fish on a daily basis, mm-hmm. probably not like multiple times per day. So like if I go for the weekend, if I've been catching fish in a spot, I'll just leave it there. Right. I mean, I'll on Sunday when I go home, it'll just sit there. And then the next Monday or next week, if I come back up, I just fish that same spot. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, if I've gone a whole day and haven't caught a fit, like if I get up there on Friday and then the rattle reels don't go overnight, and we didn't catch anything, then it's time to move, right? You need to find it. He something. doesn't move enough. <laughs> he gets too comfortable. He has to yep. take his Crocs off. And put oh, dang it. Yeah. yeah. But, but that's usually how it works. And, and, you know, I remember we had Kurt on, who's from a guide out in Lake of the Woods. And he kind of described that too. And I, and I think, you know, he would say, I will try a spot for an evening. If that doesn't work, I'll move. But, mm-hmm. you know, Malax, I feel like is a lot like that too, where um, the fish are there, right? They're out there. Um, typically, especially mid to late season, 
it's not like you're going to hit the the mother load of here's a hundred fish just waiting to be caught. Right. Like, I mean, you catch one or two, you know, here and there, um, you know, by the time you get a real house out, you're, you're not going to, um, you can work hard and move, but it doesn't always mean you're going to get results. So mm-hmm. you really just want to find a spot that you feel successful at, a spot where you think you've either caught fish before or think it looks good. And it's kind of a waiting game, usually yeah. in a wheelhouse kind of situation. You know, if, if I'm talking early ice where I'm not out there with my wheelhouse, you know, we'll fish first break and we'll move all over the place. But, yeah, but I yeah. would say once a day, you know, is probably, um, you can do more often than that, but Honestly, sometimes I'm fishing by myself and then it's a lot more work. (laughs) So, so. well, then you don't end up doing much fishing either when you're moving that much. Right. Um, So, yeah, no, but we caught some really nice fish up there this year. We caught some, you know, I think 26 is maybe the biggest one we got, but a bunch in the 20s. Um, This year on Mille Lacs, there's kind of a class up there where about 19 to 20, I would say in the last year, those are probably 80% of the fish I've caught up there. Or wow. that 19 to 20 range. Well, that's not bad. Yeah. No. So, and, <laughs> and, you know, I caught a keeper this year, which is kind of rare up there because they have a lot of slot limits. <laughs> you can catch and, 19 to 20s, but you can't keep them. Yeah, you, you can't, can't keep them. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, but I still like catching fish. I, I would much rather catch them than throw them back. So, so that's kind of the program, you know, I mean, it takes, and Jason's done it with it. You know, you put the car there, you drink, drag on the front, you drag on the sides, you drill some holes and yep. you're fishing. It's a, it's a style. Every fishing has a style, right? Like yeah. early ice or late ice. That's not what you're going to be doing. But you know, in that mid season, you want to go camping. I can bring the kids. I had like probably eight different people fishing me with me this year, not at the same time, <laughs> but you know, it's nice because you can get the people who maybe they're not the extreme fishermen, right? They, they want to come up and, sure. you know, I had a, a friend come up and he'd never been ice fishing before. It's a lot easier to sit in my ice shack and watch a movie and fish and, catch a couple fish than it is you know hey we're gonna walk out and freeze our butts off you're ruining them portable (laughs) (laughs) you gotta hard them in yeah no the hard way yeah otherwise Um, you just end up with all these softies trying to ice fish yeah so so that's that's why i like it but yeah that's that's kind of the the wheelhouse life yeah and and it's a big community up there there's so i mean when you drive up there um on a when it's going i mean just thousands and thousands of ice shacks out there really it's, you it, you it's see insane. lights as far as you can see. Like when you're out there, you just see now, you know, it's not the whole lake because every resort kind of has a road system and that's mostly what you're seeing. But yeah, you'll see. So folks aren't going in on like public ramps or something like that. You can. So in what I have found is that um, it is for me, it is very important to have a support system. Mm. Um, I don't have a plow. I don't have a F-350 Super Duty that I can blow through anything, right? Yep. Um, it, it's super easy to get in trouble, um, either get stuck or have problems or, um, you know, have mechanical things. I really like the support of having a resort. Um, yep. Now, that's not what everybody does, but for me, um, I know, you know, the resort I'm at, they're really good. Like, we were out ice fishing when it was 35 below, and I had a lot of problems that night. And I called them, and they, the plow truck came out and jumped my car. Right. I mean, oh, nice. You know, I mean, and, and they're pretty understanding about that. So um, you can go, you know, kind of off road and do your own thing. I just think um, you got to have a lot more backups for your risky. backups. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and, and, and everybody's different, but that's just how I feel. Like, um, yeah. 
you know, especially if I'm out there, if I go up there by myself, which happens sometimes, I like having that support of, you know, I can call somebody if I really get in trouble. Um, and then do they help you get on fish too? Or like you say there, you know, kind of what area should I be parking my shack on or what am I looking for? Yeah. I mean, you're a little limited. Um, obviously they plow a road system, right? And I mean, it's miles of roads. So, yep. so, I mean, you can go pretty big ways, but I honestly, almost every time I go up there, I'll stop in at the, at the desk, you know, and, and say, Hey, what's going on? Where are they biting? What, you know I mean? Cause yep. they're on the lake all day long, pulling people out. They hear from people. So, you know, like this year, one time they're like, Oh, we're catching them out in this flat. And we caught some out there. And then one time I'm like, well, where should I go? And they're like, you know what? There's lots of cracks out there. There's lots of water. I bet you second break is a great place to go this weekend. I'm like, <laughs> sounds perfect. Let's go to second break. I don't want to yep, get nice. stuck in the yep. water. So, yeah. Yeah. So they're yeah. more of an ice, an ice condition sort of a resource. But yeah. But yeah, they'll tell you like earlier in the spring, they were like, or in the fall, they were like, Hey, I can't, I can't stop catching tubalies. It's so annoying. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that can be fun. I don't care. But they're like, no, yep. believe me, I'm tired of catching them. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I always find it interesting, you know, like in the true kind of ice belt area, the differences between ice fishing kind of in your area and doing that stuff yeah. versus kind of where we're at and South of that. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah. I mean, prior to moving to even Des Moines, I had never even, I didn't even know like snow on, on top of the ice and creating a slush problem was a thing. Oh, yeah. Like the most we'd be fishing on is five or six inches of ice. Right. And so you're just on glare ice all season mm-hmm. long and it's, right. you know, glorious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Slush is not glorious. No, no it's not. My goodness. No, we've, we've buried snowmobiles. Jason found this out, um, you know, early on one of our early ice fish, this was like a long time ago. We had snowmobiles and Jason took one and buried it in a snowbank, like just buried it in like a 10 foot snowbank. And I'm probably oh, not exaggerating. I didn't know they weren't for snow. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first no time I'd ever ridden you. one. And so up at my cabin, our family cabin up by Duluth, we have a hill that comes off and the snow yeah. collects there and it's super deep. And I'm like, sweet, I got a snowmobile. And then it just buried itself down that hillside. <laughs> and Sean looks, our buddy only looks at me and goes, you can't take them in snow, deep snow. I'm like, it's a snowmobile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then that year we also buried it in slush and apparently you shouldn't let them freeze overnight either. Ooh, Cause yeah. that's no, a lot of goodness. fun. Yeah. yeah. Things you learn. Ben's yeah. found that out. Yeah. We, we had an experience with the snowmobile, which we didn't, I didn't think slush was that big of a deal either till we were up kind of around, you know, that North central Minnesota area, yeah. Iowa folks like, going North getting ourselves oh in gosh. trouble. And yeah, that was, no doubt. Uh, yeah. was it uh, 2019 winter of 2019? Or it just was like three feet of snow on top of, you know, some ice, not a great amount, but as soon as you pop a hole, just water yeah. comes out, like, you know, all, takes all the pressure off. Uh, and then you're just covered in like a 20 foot swath of slush. <laughs> yep. A foot and a half, two foot deep. And yeah, snowmobiles do not get through that at all. We had that Jeff that one year up at the cabin up at stone when we we're sitting there playing cards in this old uh, canvas shack that a wood floor, we're playing cards and this one guy caught a northern, and we had so much water in the bottom of that shack, it swam around the table and then went down the other hole. Because <laughs> 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 yep. the lake, you know, it floods because all the oh, yeah. slush and the snow. And yeah, yeah, it's it's a mess. Yeah, it's a thing with hmm. wheelhouses too. Like I, I put mine up on blocks more often this year than I usually have because a lot of times I just drop it on the ice. But um, you know, I earlier this year I brought mine out there once, and the guy's like. I've got four inches of water under my shack. I'm like, oh, blocks it is. Oh, geez. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, 
it definitely makes a mess. So mm-hmm. I got another question I can ask you guys. Um, what's your like kind of favorite moment? I know this is, you know, your second season and you guys have pr- almost as many episodes as we do. This is actually our 50th episode this, this time. Oh, so. I know, I know. But, you know, over, since you guys have started, what's what's kind of your, like your favorite moment or your top episode that you guys have over the, the first two seasons here? I'm going to let Ben go first well, again so man. I can think. Oh, yeah. So uh, last season, we had we just had a really good episode taking, you know, somebody new out ice fishing. Mm. We actually were out on a local pond. Uh, we're recording, you know, right out there in the shelter. Um, and Brett just all day was like, man, you're going to love tonight's episode. I got just, it was killer. This, this gem of a fact for you. That's oh. just going to blow you away. And I was like, what the heck? That's what like, I called who, the, who could he have been talking to about this? Like yeah. what, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not easily amused by any means, <laughs> but you know, what could this be? Yeah. And yeah. So you were talking with the, uh, what the parks coordinator. Yeah, I called Ankeny parks coordinator and asked him about the city ponds and stuff around here. And he just dropped some yeah. major knowledge because he'd been working there for 25 some years on these uh fisheries here working with the dnr and iowa state and yeah whatever whatever wild projects that they have going on here yeah. and yeah and, on these and ponds. to this point i mean i was thinking of these these local ponds as like just crappie holes yeah i mean we were catching real nice fish a good quantity of fish you know there's lakes you can go to ponds you can go to just for action and there's ponds you can go to catch some real nice you know, actually keeper size fish, uh, real good ones. And on that episode, Brett's like, yep, you're not going to believe it. The city's never stocked any crappies in any of these lakes. It's all just invasive. Yeah. It's wow. all been self-stocked. <laughs> so People putting it, them in the, in the pond. And we called it invasive crappies. So that, that was my favorite episode. Invasive it's, crappies. It, yeah. It's, oh it's just something where it's like, just takes your mindset. Like, oh yeah, crappies. That's a good sport yeah. fish. People stock, you know, stock, whatever, and flips it upside down. And it's, just blows you away (laughs) yeah i mean people are legit coming here to fish for crappies and then at the same time the dnr like get all of them out of here yeah oh my gosh we're trying to do you know they set up some of these ponds because they're i mean they're just dug out they're brand new to like do little uh kind of little studies with iowa state or whatever you know different combinations and ratios of stocking and stuff just to see what's best and how that works out but then they get overran with crappies or shad and then they mm. kind of go downhill. Yeah. Well, they'll go way uphill for a little bit with the shad and then they'll crash. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, yeah shad yeah. are a real problem in some of those. Yeah. Some of those areas. Yep. yep. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I don't know what shad like. Is that like a minnow kind of thing? Like a gizzard shad? Uh, it, 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 it is a forage like a minnow, but it's, it's got a much wider profile. Yeah. Okay. They can actually get pretty big too. I mean, mm. there's 20, 20 plus inch. Oh, Chad. Yeah, they're big wow. running around and they, you know, they'll bite on plankton and not anything else. Yeah, they don't like eat your stuff. Can't catch them with a jig. That's sometimes huh. the frustration when yeah. you see big fish come through your flash <laughs> and you're like, they will not do anything. And then yeah. it's probably Shad. Yeah. Sounds like my January, my Jan or February, they won't catch, they won't bite at anything. We just stared at the fish. <laughs> exactly. Yep, they're like, Shad. <laughs> yep, you're yeah. fine. They're Shad. You yeah. did your best. <laughs> no, he did. He should have moved. <laughs> should have moved we did move a little bit what's your episode brett um i think my our, our, our recent one that we did with that brady bach i think that was that dude he's just a wealth of knowledge yeah he's like 22 years old yep. and that guy he's only been fishing for like six years but he went all in like once he started fishing he's gone way overboard and he's just a wealth of knowledge on 
yep. on what's going on. Uh, he fishes a lot of NAIFC tournaments. Okay. Wow. Uh, guides a little bit here on Clear Lake um, for a company up there, and then also goes to school at UNI. And that dude, yeah, he's got him dialed in. It's unbelievable. He was he was so the the biggest tip that he gave, and I, I, I I'm not afraid to repeat it because he gave it on our podcast. Was he's catching crappies without any bait on his spoons. He's running a jointed pinhead minnow and just jigging it and catching crappies with yep. no bait. No plastic, nothing. Wow. And I was like, gosh, dang it. <laughs> Those jointed pinhead minnows are, are pretty hot baits yep. right now. Yep. Yeah, it's something something new. Mm-hmm. You know, something new that fish haven't seen or different action or whatever. But. Yep. He said it, what, what the learning curve that he had with that was he wasn't jigging it hard enough. Oh, wow. No matter what. He wasn't jigging it fast enough without it. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. And it was cool to interview, you know, it's, it's cool. You guys do it all the time, but we don't interview as many guests, I guess, as you guys do. And when we do, it's like, oh man, we need to do this more. Yeah. You know, cause that's really where you get the, you know, even like talking with you guys, just getting the tips and tricks and well, going back and forth. The real value is the after podcast conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about those, right? Yeah. <laughs> we had uh Tyler Stubbs. He's the urban fisheries biologist here. What was that over Christmas? Yeah. That was an after podcast conversation. Uh, that was primo. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Oh, you guys fish this pond. We catch, you know, we've, we've, cause they don't publish what they're catching out of some of these ponds. And sure. Stuff. And you're like, oh, he's we're catching monsters out of there. You guys got to go fish these wow. these ponds here and that. And I was yeah, like, wow. sweet. Uh, that's one of the things, especially we, we've actually had a lot of guests this year. And we've always had some guests, but um, we've had a lot more guests this year, which is great. I really It's a lot that. of work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and for every one you have, you kind of one will fizzle out. Like you'll spend yeah. all this time trying to get them on. And then I, I think what we found is it's, um, you know, there, it's just a certain personality that'll commit. Mm-hmm. And, and and talk with you and and sometimes it's just really difficult to get them to commit and to work and and our t- time frames are tough because we do that when we're recording now it's like nine o'clock at night and i think some of your professionals you know they work at more as an eight to four thirty kind of job and so you get kind of a different level of person but we've had, definitely gosh we've had some nice people oh, this year mm-hmm. great people and, and i like i almost feel like we're building this community now i mean it's we know, I mean, we get people from New York and Wyoming and Utah and I mean, like all over the place, you know, and, and that's pretty cool. So I, oh, speaking yeah. of New York, uh, did you guys catch that article out of the Wall Street Journal? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We were both hard water. Yeah. 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 You, know, you know, my only disappointment was in that article is they listed you guys first. <laughs> like, you got to be kidding me. You're the new guys. I, I, uh, I messaged that Jason, the author, and he said his, his son would be more than happy to come on a podcast one day. Oh, wow. Cool. <laughs> That'd be awesome. We, we've never had anybody tell us really no, they won't be on our podcast. But we have some people that, like you said, that it just they just kind of blow you off. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't work yeah. out. They kind of fizzle out. Yeah, yeah, they just they get busy. I, I have good intentions, but you know, advice for future self next season. Like, what do you guys see coming up for the short rod show next year? Brett, uh, you go first. I thought this about time, this. Yeah, so I can uh, think about it. <laughs> I think what uh, what I'm really going to shoot for next year is to target bigger fish. Okay. Not be afraid to go skunked a little bit more often. But I don't think Ben's gonna like doing that. But uh, I get bored easy. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm with you. I'm ready to move anytime. Like, yep, didn't see a fish for two minutes. All right, yep. let's try this <laughs> other spot. Really try to target bigger fish next year. I think. Yeah. Right now we're just yeah. This past season has just been finding the fish, 
moving a ton until you kind of find the pattern that you're looking for. And I think we've been very successful. At oh yeah. It's year, been but. a good season. Definitely. I, you know, I think for me, I want to get out and fish different types of water, you know, and maybe widen our scope to travel a little more. I mean, this, this year is tough with, with yeah. our family stuff going on and, and all. Well, it isn't going to be any better next year. I'll tell you that. I've, I got another baby <laughs> on the way. Hopes for next year. Well, congratulations. That's still good though. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it'll be, it'll be fun, but like getting out on more river, river bites, you know, mm-hmm. fishing out on the Mississippi some more, uh, is something that I've wanted to do for a while. And it's, yeah. it's hard to do that and commit and find the right time frame and ice conditions are so variable. Um, you know, we just need to go further up. So further North, further North. Yep. Yeah. I was listening to your guys most recent podcast on the boundary waters uh, earlier today, man, that got me. I I had to even look up how far away it would be to drive there to go check it out. Yeah. That, that sounded like a sweet trip. If you ever decide to do something like that, let me know. I got some intel for you. Ooh, all right. See, this is the deal here with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I talk I'll after tell the you, show. That, <laughs> yeah, it's you know that winter trip up there was a, that's been years in the making to 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 try to put that trip together and. Yeah, it takes a lot of advanced planning to make it make it work. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's the thing that you know we'll be talking about over the summer is all right. Let's pick a date and let's put something on the calendar to go. You know, do some, some I will cool say trips. that that trip, um, Jason represented the show well on that trip. I, I, <laughs> I was at home. Actually, <laughs> actually, I was in my wheelhouse. I think we watched about eight movies that weekend. So, <laughs> so yeah. Did we hear from, oh, we heard from Brett, I think, Ben. Did you? Yep. Oh, yeah, Ben. Yeah. No, I talked a little bit about it. Okay, okay, okay. But I can elaborate on that too because now I thought of some more stuff. But oh, sweet. Uh, Brett, Brett and I always joke around like where we we always try and practice what we preach. You know, whatever we we're not we're talking about. I'm serious yeah, about that. Whatever we talk about on the show, <laughs> you know, is stuff that we've had firsthand knowledge with, experience with, whatever that we do. Um, and then we look at our our bag for our Zoom, you know, our podcast equipment. totally disorganized and that's all we preach it's a knot of cords you know keep all your stuff in the spot you know where it's going to be and protect it you know keep your tackle organize all that stuff so you can find it easily and then our cords are and all of our stuff is just all over so uh this next year we're going to do a little we're going to up our up our podcasting game on organizing and doing that a little bit better the mobile the (laughs) mobile setup rather than mounting it from so this past time we had we were on the ice we had a uh, a box of beer on yeah. the ice Sweet. and then we had a bucket my well my bucket that i carry all my schoolies in tipped upside down with our recorder t- on that just so it would get high enough that it wouldn't we wouldn't pick up all of our pants noise and shuffling around and stuff mm-hmm. yeah luckily it never fell over yeah we don't want that going down the hill <laughs> no uh-uh. <laughs> be a short podcast we've only podcasted once on the ice and that was a jeff and jeff shack so i don't know if that counts Oh, definitely yeah, counts. You're on hard water. Yeah, we we recorded their interview with oh, my dad. That's right, your dad. Yep, you're mm-hmm. totally right. Yeah, this, that was the sock episode. Yeah, I think we definitely <laughs> yes. Well, I hear about the socks all the time. I think we need to do more of the on location stuff, Jay. It's, it's just, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But man, I get distracted when we're doing. Yeah, it. yeah. Like yeah. I feel like all I'm talking about is bite it. Ah. oh what was i talking about yeah that sort of deal and then more editing and then yeah yeah i would just let it ride you can listen to it if you want or not (laughs) yeah i mean i like i like podcasting but 
I like fishing more. You yeah. Know, right? So if you put, if it cuts into the fishing time, then I don't know. Yeah. 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 It's a tough one. Yeah. It's a hard balance. We've, we've morphed this a little bit over the show, but when we started the show, I mean, we used to talk about this. Um, you know, we named the show in the car back and forth to work. I mean, Jason and I used to talk. I don't know. I think most of the things, <laughs> most of our <laughs> big decisions on this show has happened in a conversation in the car, court, wirelessly, of course, back and, and forth. And it's free in accordance with local laws and ordinances. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Jason thinks I'm a crazy driver, but I don't even go to the office anymore, so I don't know. <laughs> One of the things, you know, we came up with the, you know, ice fishing legends, and that's something that's morphed a little bit. We told a lot of stories early on. Um, and, you know, I mean, we've been fishing for a long time. I mean, Jason and I were college roommates and really have been mm-hmm. ice fishing together for a couple decades at this point. You know, we put the legends in here. So we were hoping that, you know, you guys could both maybe talk about maybe a legend, which is usually just some kind of story that's kind of crazy you know that that's happened to you while you're ice fishing so yeah Ben. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um so this this i i have a really good one and, and if you guys have listened to our podcast you might have heard some some bits of it uh before but um this happened uh back in my earlier kind of times of ice fishing where i thought man this is just gonna be easy you know i'm just gonna go out have a great time catch a bunch of fish you know i the cheap gear that I bought on Craigslist work will work fine. You know, we'll make it. Yep. Uh, but yeah, this is, I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago, probably now buddy of ours, uh, Brandon, uh, and I, and his dad and his brother went up and we were fishing kind of around the, uh, the Brainerd lakes area and that just love it up there. Yep. Thought it'd be so cool to go up and ice fish it. Well, you know, middle of January gets pretty darn cold. Um, and there's lots of snow, uh, didn't have, didn't have any machine, you know, we were the first time we were out there just pulling our stuff out by hand. We were up there and actually, yeah, <laughs> we about froze to death is kind of the, the gist of the story, but, um, we didn't have enough backup stuff. So yeah. when you think about it, uh, the legend, I guess, to that would be that, um, propane gets really dang cold in, in the cold and to the point where it can freeze and not flow Mm -hmm. into a heater or your stove or anything like that. And, uh, uh, Brandon's dad actually saved the day. We're, we're just getting ready to pack up and say the heck with this. We didn't catch any fish. We were just frustrated. Um, and he's like, yeah, I might be able to thaw that, that heater out. And it was one of the little, uh, uh, sunflower type heaters. Yep. Uh, so he took that thing and he lifted up his coat and pressed it right against his belly <gasps> and Jeez. just thawed that thing right that's up against it. <laughs> oh, and, uh, that's tough, man. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> so now he smells like propane and is, you know, water dripping down and it got it to flow though. We got the wow. propane going, yeah. got the heat going. We started to thaw out and our spirits were lifted. We're, it, that's all it took. Have a little heat and we were fine. We still didn't catch any fish, but we didn't freeze to death. Once again, Iowa folks heading north yeah. getting in trouble. Way out of our league. <laughs> so, so I can't imagine, like, I've seen those, like, if it was a one-pounder, I'm assuming this is a one-pounder. Yeah. Maybe. And, and so when they, you know, as they let the propane out, they get pretty cold already, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. I've and It gets those ice crystals. I mean, I've touched them with my hands before, and, it, you know. So, man, to stick it on your belly, that you get a tattoo that's like Coleman or <laughs> he something. He took one for the team, that's for sure. Whew. Yep. Yep. Wow. Real man wow. there. So, I guess my story, uh, I've got a Brushy Creek story, I think, is what is what mine will be. Uh, All right. 
So it was a couple years back. It was Ben, myself, and my little brother went fishing on Brushy. This was, I think it might've been like one of my first times ever ice fishing up there. Yeah. And we were heading up. We're like, oh man, we're going to get up there early, real early. We're going to get on the walleye bite and we're just going to hammer them. So we got up. It was just me and my brother. We were meeting Ben. And at that time he had some old, what was your orange Chevy? What was that? Yeah. I had a, it was an 83 K 10 pickup. Yeah. yeah. That thing and was a real beast on the had ice. Hardly any heat. Yeah. And yeah, I drove that thing all the way from Cedar Falls, Cedar Falls out to uh, Brushy Creek. So yeah. hour and a half. But so my brother and I were heading up there like, oh, we got to stop by and get minnows. And, and this was prior to me knowing, knowing that Duncombe Gas and Grocery existed, uh, which is a town just north of Brushy. Mm-hmm. So I just hopped on my phone and I'm like, oh, I'll just look up. We'll rely on Google to tell me where to go. So it takes me into Webster City and it says, hey, there's a, there's a, there's a bait shop here that says min- sells minnows. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, it didn't have a name for the bait shop. It just said this place sells minnows. So I pull up in there and I pull up to, into this trailer park and <laughs> I get out I get out, and I'm like, all right, well, this is what the internet said. And, and it said bait in the back. And there was an, a sign pointing right on their front door. So I went on to their side door and knocked on the door and nothing happens. And I kind of, kind of looking around and there's a camera pointing at me uh, to my left. There's a camera pointing at me to my oh right. Gosh. I knock on the door again and this lady opens the door to her bathrobe uh, and, she's, and she's like, what do you want? And I'm like, uh, do you sell minnows here? And she said, yeah, meet me around, meet me around by the, the garage. Oh <laughs> so I go over there to the garage and they have an aquarium there with minnows. <laughs> like and I don't pet- have nothing. Yeah. yeah, like a pet aquarium. Yeah. I, it might have been a 20 gallon or I don't yeah. know. My, I don't know the real size, but it looked like a normal one. Uh, and I'm like, oh, sweet. Uh, I'll take two scoops, please. Wow. And she's like, okay, well, what do you want to put them in? And I'm like, well, I don't know. You're the bait shop. You know, usually they give you a bag and they put them in there. And I'm like, shoot, I don't know. Let me go check out my truck and see what I got in there. So my brother and I are raffling through my uh, pickup and I find a, a protein shaker bottle in there. And I'm like, well, this will work, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, luckily that day wasn't real cold. So I take the top off. And I'm like, well, put two scoops in here, please. Uh, so obviously there wasn't a whole lot of water in there. But uh, yeah, I don't know how the heck that lady got on Google as a bait shop. But uh, so we book it out of there. Meet up with Ben. Yeah. And I actually end up catching a muskie on one of those minnows. Wow. He was only about 12 inches long. So what I was doing was I hooked that minnow and I dropped him in the water just underneath the ice. Oh. And and I was like, and I was baiting up another lure. And these are on my schoolies. Yep. Mind you. (laughs) Wow. Uh, And I look over as I start baiting up another one and my indicator starts bobbing. And I'm like, geez, that's a lively little minnow over there. (laughs) Uh, and I look, I look down the hole and I see a, a shape dart across the hole. So, I mean, my minnow couldn't have been more than three inches under the ice. Wow. And then I, I hook into it and we were fishing around a pile of people and I hook into it. I'm like, musky, musky, musky. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and all these people come running over. Oh my gosh. Yep, that was the big and I pull, this, I pull this day. little tiny thing out and they're like, what the hell? <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. So moral of the story is don't trust Google for everything. Oh, we've learned that one. over the years. <laughs> Awesome. Those are good. Awesome. Bait shop. I think that bait shop's still there. Which one? The, the trailer park one? 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is. Well, because I, I think we fished, uh, I think <laughs> we actually fished Brushy the same day this year. And so when I ran over there, I was looking, I knew Duncombe had a bait shop, but oh, I, yeah. I just put bait shop into my phone and it pointed to one in Webster's city. And I, now I know this isn't the right one. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Glad I didn't end up in the trailer, Next time but. you should try that one. Yeah. That's no, good. it's a hard, I'll take a pass. <laughs> when I saw the camera yeah. stared at me, that's when I knew something was up. I was like, that's something wonky really going on here. <laughs> oh my that's gosh. Awesome. That's a great story. Thanks for sharing that guys. <laughs> Do you guys have any questions for us that you want to know? I'll let ben well, I, I wanted to know the story uh, of how you guys got hooked up and, and fishing together. So you said that was quite a while ago, but how did oh. that come to be? And how did the, how have you cultivated it this long to stay <laughs> fishing buddies and now just all in on a podcast together? Yeah. I really like the history of how these things come together. So, yeah, Jason, so you're going to give a year. I mean, yeah. So it circa 1993, what were you guys doing yes. in 93? Uh, I was man. three years old. Yeah, oh, preschool, preschool man. <laughs> <laughs> the year was 1993. <laughs> so circa 1993, uh, Jeff and I both attended St. Cloud State in mm. Minnesota. And I, I grew up in Western Iowa. And so it was random roommate draw. And we ended up being roommates freshman year, uh, became friends, ended up being roommates again sophomore year. Um, and then I ended up still friends out. after two still years, friends, so. <laughs> believe it or not, after two years and many, many adventures, but we didn't fish at all together in college. It really, really weren't, wasn't a thing. I think I did a little on the Mississippi, um, retrospectively we really missed an opportunity. Our dorm overlooked essentially the Mississippi river in St. Yeah. Cloud. Ooh. Um, and yeah. Mitchell did too. The other yeah. one, both of them did. Hmm. Um, and then. I so Jason, know. tell them what your was. We actually weren't supposed to be roommates. No, we got switched. And what was your roommate's <laughs> yeah. name? Luke Skywalker was supposed to be my roommate. <laughs> oh, his, that's his real name. That was the dude's name. And I'm like, oh my so then I get Jeff. This guy's going to be boring. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't remember my guy's name, but it was not Luke yeah. Skywalker. It was not Luke. Yeah. I was supposed to, supposed to, I could think how, how my life would have changed. I mean, fighting the. Could have been Darth. I know. I mean, <laughs> incredibly different, but, um, and then I think it kind of progressed. I ended up going back to Iowa. Jeff ended up finishing out school up there. I ended up coming back to Iowa, getting married, finishing school here. And then, um, we started, I know randomly we did an ice fishing trip together with old college buddies. Yep. And, um, what year was that Jeff? Um, Cassie was alive. 99, 99, so or 99 Cassie was two. Because my brother, I left her with my brother. Um, who didn't have kids. And that was a terrible idea. <laughs> um, I just figured he was my older brother. What could go wrong? A lot went wrong. She learned how to get out of her pack and play that weekend. Yeah. Ooh. Had never done that before. So that was neat. Don't yeah, tell, those, don't, don't tell any more stories about that. But we went fishing on Mille Lacs. No, no, it wasn't Mille Lacs. What was the name of that? Where was Waconia. the first hard water? What was Waconia. it? Waconia. Waconia. And, um, so we, we just did this random ice fishing trip for a weekend and then we did it then again the next year and then the next year, and then it became a thing. Oh. And it, that became the hard water invitational is what we called it. Ooh, some nice. yeah. And it became the glue. I think that's kept us all together yep. over now. How many years it's been 24 years. Well, 21, I think this year, 21 years. no. 99 20, to, yeah 21 years yeah, yeah so 21 years this year yeah that we've been doing this trip every single year and that that at that event you know through people getting married and kids and everything became the glue that 
held this, yeah. you know, me being in Iowa, them being in Minnesota, another guy being way up in Park Rapids, um, that's kept us all just connected. I mean, there was a lot of years that we didn't even really get together other than that once a year. And we ice fished once a year. That was once it. Once a year. Yeah. Oh, together wow. because life's busy, you know, and kids and wives and jobs. And you don't have a lot of vacation time when you're new in your career and all those things. So, and now here we are. Kids are all getting older. Well, mine are. You still got some younger ones, Jeff. But yeah. Um, Man, I love that. Yeah. We, Ben awesome. and I both get together with some college buddies. Yep. Uh, how many times? How many years have we been doing that fall trip? We all we head up to the Longville area. Probably okay. yeah, eight uh, eight years. I don't know. It's probably usually some some come and go. You know, some years it's not always the same folks. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Probably at least ten of us get up there. Yeah, sweet. Uh, every so th- fall. So how do you two guys know each other then? Uh, through mutual buddies. Yep. Kind of okay. actually through through the same folks uh, that we all go on that ice or that uh, fall trip with. I didn't know Ben until then, and then hmm. we started fishing that, and then we. We were over there talking about uh, ice fishing yep. while all these other guys were trying to catch a muskie unsuccessfully. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it went a lot of years. Those guys tried to catch a muskie and never caught one. Finally, they figured it out. But uh, like yeah, we're over there, Jones and yep. about ice fishing. We're like, hey, it's getting pretty cold. Maybe it'll be ice fishing season pretty yep. soon. Yeah, and I, I showed Brett how we do it up in uh, northeast Iowa. Yep, with some more serious gear, Mississippi uh, yeah. type stuff. Yep, and then Brett showed me. Uh, yep, he's still run the schoolies and still run the schoolie <laughs> and the hand auger when we first. And I didn't have a flasher. I'd never. Uh, I'm probably only five years in on a, even wow. any sort of electronics. Yeah. Yep. And then you go right to like the granddaddy of all electronics. Well, I, well, what it is is I just figured I'd been saving my money for that many years that I just sure. will do it. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Brett was the old three cranks off the bottom guy. Well, yeah. we got the schoolie instructions right here for you uh, from that 40-incher. Oh. It says right in there, uh, <laughs> two complete reels around, and you're about 12 inches off bottom. Start jigging for a few seconds, and then the fish will bite. There <laughs> you go. Nice. What else it says do you right need? on there. Easy as that. So you don't really need that fancy electronics. I mean, if you want to send it our way, we'll give you a review on it. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> They're on sale. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's a lot of there's a lot of them on the used market right now. You know, guys yeah, are selling yeah. it to fund their summer excursions. So. Yep. Yeah, that's a thing. I saw people doing that. I'm done with this. I've, I'm going to sell it. You know, like, I think wow. really? I think I might have a stimulus check coming here. Maybe yeah. I can eat one there out. Go. There you go. <laughs> uh, summer fishing time now soon here, Jay. Yep. Yeah, I know. yeah, you have to spend it on crankbaits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the newest, latest, and greatest. You got any other questions oh, for him, Ben? No, that was my main. Oh. that was my main. Uh, I guess I did have one quick question on. Uh, I guess what spurred you guys to do a podcast? Because it's a little bit of work, like you said. Uh, you do definitely, you know, it's nice to have a break because you do get a little bit burnt out, and family kind of comes into things, and yep. you know, like you said, you get busy. Yeah, what kind of spurred that along and keeps you going still? So I don't know. For no, me, why do we do this? Maybe we should be done. Yeah. Hey, hey, no. hey, there's a season, there's a season five coming next year, Jason. Um, Maybe I'm done. I don't know. I don't answer. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this really started, I'm sure from our hard water trips that we've talked about, you know, we, we talked about doing it and I really, I don't spend any time in the car really anymore. I used to commute back and forth to work before COVID hit. I, I really, my other, one of my other hobbies is cars, you know, and so I would listen to this podcast that I really enjoyed because, you know, eventually you've heard all the music and mm-hmm, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And it's nice to listen to podcasts in the car. And so I, I would listen to this um, 
it, it's called Everyday Driver. These two guys, super big podcast. They have you know like billions of downloads, and you know they've got sponsors and all stuff. But I really enjoyed it, and I'm like, you know, I would love to listen to an ice fishing podcast. And so then I went and looked, and I didn't really find one that I, you know, there was a couple of them out there, but nothing that really connected with me. And I'm like, well, maybe we should start a podcast. And mm-hmm. we talked about it for like a year at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think where it was getting towards the fall uh, and I'm like, Jason, it's time to just try it. And I mean, I had no clue what to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, um, but we figured it out, um, you know, and, and I even mentioned this cause this is our 50th episode, but our first episode, like I'm sure we need to go back and listen to it. I haven't listened to it for a while. I'm sure it's, kind of bumpy you know <laughs> like, oh yeah yeah oh yeah I'm sure it is like i i remember um so and this won't get too podcasty but we we went um we use audacity to edit most of our podcasts because it's free yeah. and it works really great and now i know all the shortcut keys and it's super easy but i remember we recorded it and i'm like oh now i just upload it to itunes and I'm like, oh, there's no way to upload this to iTunes. I'm like, how does this work? <laughs> how does this work? And then I realized that iTunes is just like a, you know, like a search engine. It's just like a list of podcasts. You have to help. Yep. So the learning curve was actually quite a bit. I think we recorded our first episode. I don't think I published it for six weeks because it took so long for me to kind of figure out how it works. Um, yep. And and really, you know, so that's really where it came from. And and. I, I was happy you guys use Podbean too. That yeah. really saved my butt because that is oh, yeah. so nice and easy. It's and slick. It, they don't pay me anything to say that, but um, I mean, they make it very easy for us to yep. do this. So yep. I'd agree a hundred percent. You know, I don't, I'm not in love with our website, but it works pretty good and it's easy. So, so yeah. Yep. Yeah. Prior to our, to, to you hit record, you know, you asked us about our, little commercial or whatever that we yeah. have. The only reason we have that commercial is because that guy is Ben's buddy yep. and he did all of that. The stuff that you had that learning curve for, he yep. did that. He just did that stuff for us. Uh, yeah. He just knocked it out. We met him at a Hy-Vee in Marshalltown <laughs> and we used Hy-Vee internet and we just sat down and had a donut and a coffee <laughs> and gave him our credit card and he just did it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Wow. Yeah, so then we saved like, you a lot of hours, huh, Jeff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, then we were just like, yeah, well, we got to put this guy's company in our yeah, totally. commercial. Yeah, totally. So he's just in there forever now. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And, and I, <laughs> you know, I'm a pretty, and I don't talk about work ever, so I won't talk about work, but, um, you know, I'm, I mean, I write software. I, I mean, I'm a, you know, that's kind of my He's field a computer geek. I'm a computer geek. And who taught you how to use a computer? Yeah, yeah. I work for a tech company too. It's I right. did. I taught this guy how to use a computer. He didn't know how to use one. <laughs> but but no, even look, for me, yeah. it, it took me a little bit to kind of figure out how, how to make it work. And, and part of it was how to make it work without me spending, you know, hundreds Forever. of hours to do it, right? Like, I mean, yeah, I could create my own website, but yeah. I want to create a podcast. I don't want to create a website. Yep. So, yep. so yeah, it was it was cool. I was just going to mention that was probably actually one of our really popular podcasts. Last year, we ended the season with just talking about podcasting stuff. Oh, like equipment we use, yeah. uh, how we got started, uh, running Podbean, hosting website, hmm. that whole stuff. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's YouTube videos out there for it, but they're all made from people that are making money off of podcasting. Yeah. And uh, it's like, well, I don't know. Should we use that stuff? Cause do they, I want to spend five grand on a mic? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Does it need to be gold? Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Totally. 
It's interesting. You know, we've, I've listened to a number of podcasts and you guys have really great sound quality. And I think ours is pretty good too. And, oh, yeah. and we're all using pretty basic stuff. You know, we use like a Yeti microphone, mm-hmm. you know, free software. I think that's probably one of the bigger challenges when you, when you first start is, you know, how to get into the stuff that doesn't cost you because yep. you'd rather spend your money on ice fishing, not on podcasting yep. equipment. And Yeah. Don't just rely on the computer microphone though. No, a hundred percent care. I mean, we're running what $34 microphones and we did spend some money on our mixer deal, but yeah. otherwise yeah, pretty low budget. Yep. Yeah. It's been good until the money starts rolling in. That'll have to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let us know if you figure that part out, let us, let us but, know. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we don't want to be really sponsored by no. an ice fishing company, I guess yeah. we've talked about that a little bit, but yep. you know, like you said, getting tied in and saying, Hey, we have to use this type of, auger or rod or whatever mm-hmm. we i don't want to be just afraid wanna, to say something sucks yep tell tell people about our story and what we think about things and so what i think for us along those same lines is this is something this is a hobby it's something we enjoy yep. right and, and we we use this as a metric all the time and we, we each will come up with like a bright idea to monotonize what we're doing and but then it comes <laughs> down to then it's work Mm-hmm. Right, and this isn't work. This is fun. The passing yeah. on the joy of fishing, telling stories, and yep. and and talking about it, talking about the 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 love of ice fishing is 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 joyful. It's not work. We got we both got plenty of work in our normal lives. So, yep. You know, I don't want to yeah. turn my hobby into work. Yep. Although I want to share it, you know, I have found myself like, what am I? What's happening? What like? Uh, so we we publish a podcast episode every once a week. Mm-hmm. Like I need to come up with a takeaway during uh, that week of me fishing though, for me to talk about on the podcast. Yep. So, I mean, I think inadvertently it yep. has made me a better fisherman because I think about it more. Yeah. I'm not just going, yep. Oh, we'll go back to our old spot and we'll go fish yeah. this. Yep. Um, or we don't need to fish this week. Cause you know, eh, not yeah. much is happening. Exactly. Fishing reports or, or even, you know, I'll go to my same old spot, but I'll be like, I'll try to at least come up with a reason why those fish are there. What am mm-hmm. I catching them on? Why that, why that's going on. So it has inadvertently yeah. made us better. Yeah. I think. Plus just like getting the scuttlebutt on the internet, on the forums, on Facebook, on all the Facebook groups, like trying mm-hmm. to figure out, Oh yeah. Yep. What's, what's everybody talking about this week? You know, there's a big controversy on, on a local lake on big Creek you know, on Facebook that blew up <laughs> that we got into. That's pretty interesting. Oh boy. So. The dangers of YouTube and giving away spots. Well, it wasn't us. Ooh. It wasn't us, but it was kind of funny. Yeah. So, I mean, stuff like that is cool. Keeps you keep like Brett said, keeps mm-hmm. you involved in, in, you know, pursuing your hobby and, and making yep. it fun for everybody that listens. Sure. And I, I still don't know what people out in Utah and Maine and all these people that listen to us, you know, think about guys, you know, from Minnesota and Iowa talking about, our style of ice fishing, but it's just mm-hmm. cool that they, they yeah. dig that stuff too. You know, it's a lot different, but they still listen. So, it, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, you guys hit on a couple things that, that I would agree with completely. You know, the, the podcast has made, made me think a lot more about why am I doing what I'm in, what I'm, why am I doing what I'm doing? Yep. You know, so when I'm switching to a bait, why, when, when I'm fishing in this spot, why, when I'm not moving, why, you know, and, and all those things. And, and then just doing the research for the show, you dig into all these different issues a little bit more. So you can try to have something somewhat coherent to share with, with people. Um, and I always think it's kind of like our job to try to filter the real from the BS, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, we're in this wonderful time where you can access gobs of information on anything, but half the time it's crap. Yep. And, and so 
what I want is our show not, you know, if we say, you know, sometimes we blather on. I do that all the time. God knows Jeff does. But, <laughs> but oh, it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> but, you know, when, when we give facts, we want to try to give the right facts and that we've at least tried it and, and, and so on. I don't know where I was going with all of this, but yeah, that's um, okay. it sounded oh, good. Yeah. Well, it but, good. you know, ice fish, it's this universal median medium about, about being outside and, and feeling that tug on the end of the line and, and people from all over that have experienced that they, they can relate. Yeah. It makes it relatable. That's super it, cool. It's been very interesting hearing from folks. I find it particularly interesting when we hear from folks that fish high mountain country mm-hmm. type stuff, just, just the differences in what they do. Like Ben mentioned, we had a guy from Utah and I've, I've brought him up a couple of times just cause I think it's amazing that this guy's listening to our podcast. He drives FedEx truck. And he fishes these high mountain ponds, high mountain lakes in uh, Utah for trout. Yep. I'm like, what could we possibly be talking about that is applicable <laughs> to anything that you are doing? Yep. But yeah, he still listens to it and loves it and yep. really enjoy it. You know, I, I remember one from, for me that really struck, struck me is, Jeff, do you remember we had a, we on Podbean, Podbean, you can see where your downloads are from. And we had mm-hmm. a download from Korea. North Korea, oh, North, no, South, 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 Korea. Korea. South, South Korea, South Korea, South Korea, Korea. North Korea. And we're like, what in the heck? And it was, it was a regular download and we put it on the podcast and we got an email from the guy. Remember this? Ooh, yeah. And it was a guy, a kid from Minnesota, if I remember right, Jeff, correct me yeah, if I'm wrong. I think it was, yep. A, a fellow from Minnesota and he was stationed in South Korea and he sent us some pictures of some trout he had caught yep. in South Korea in the mountain area. And and love the fact that you know listening to the podcast was was part of being you know that home it 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 just connected him and That's that awesome. was like one of the coolest things um, I yep. I can remember from yep. our show that that we were able to give this guy that that connectedness you know um, it was just cool. Yeah. And that's something, you, you know, I mean, there's no way that you'd have ever had that opportunity without putting a podcast out there like yep. that. We should probably, I feel like we, we could probably talk for a long time, but I suppose we should probably <laughs> wrap this up. We, I, I foresee another crossover episode in our future someday, yeah. but um, well, we got to go awesome. fishing together. I mean, yeah. oh yeah, you know, so we were on brushy probably the same time this year and, and we just need to connect sometime. My kid goes to Iowa state. And so I get, like I said, we get back to Western Iowa quite a bit, but sometime yeah. we just need to. Where are you from in Western Iowa? I grew up in, I grew up outside of Carroll. Oh, okay. Cool. A little yep. town called Helber. Helber, yeah. Went to yeah. Carroll Camper. Yeah. My wife's from over that way. The only reason I'm originally from, I grew up, I was born in Minnesota. And the only reason my wife married me out there is because I wasn't genetically related to her. Hey, there you go. Kind of like the Amherst. That's a good deal there. <laughs> Everybody oh, else in the county she's related to, that's how Iowa, <laughs> Iowa works. So yep. they always look for new genetics. <laughs> no, there's oh a gosh. there's a big time bluegill lake over in that direction. Uh over by Denison, I think. Oh, yellow smoke? Yeah, yellow smoke. Yep, that comes and goes. Yeah. Comes and it goes. Depends on how popular it is or what. Water quality and lake level and stuff. But yes, when it's on fire, it's on fire. We have quite a good luck in Lake View up there at Black Hawk. Yeah, lake. sure. That's where um, we tried sometimes. to do our musky episode, but we didn't have any luck catching a musky up there. Even caught one, even I caught a little crappie and I put it on the, put it down there and no go. <laughs> no, no luck. <laughs> Good try. We got a lot of flack for that episode because we didn't actually catch, we, I named it tip up musky, but we never caught one. Yeah. Folks happens. weren't very happy about well, that. We're, we're honest about it. 
<laughs> we didn't pretend. Muskies are hard. Muskies are hard. Yeah. And that's when we broke the drill. Yep. Oh. And well, that was the best episode. You, you, you want to yeah. make the musky guys mad? Fry one up and eat it. Well, that'll oh, be the man. next thing we do. Yep. I've come to find out is do as much controversial. If you want to get internet famous, you do as many controversial things as you possibly can do. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, talked about eating a muskie a couple episodes ago. Uh, oh yeah. In, in jest mostly. Cause we've, I've never actually caught a muskie through. The well, end, Iowa, so. you only have to have a 40 inch or something like that to keep, I think. Yeah. 40. They make a lot of sandwiches and it's Lent for crying. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Pickle a few oh, of them. <laughs> Thanks again. I think this was an awesome episode and we will, yeah. uh, we will catch up again. That was awesome. Yep. Sounds good. Thank you guys. All right. Take awesome. care guys. Bye. Yep. Have a good night. It was great having Ben and Brett on from the short rod show. We hope you enjoyed listening. Cheers. Bye. You've been listening to the hard water fishing show with Jeff and Jason. Say goodbye. One of the most unique podcasts on the planet where we talk about tactics gear and ice fishing legends we'll be back soon bye-bye till then signing off bye-bye bye-bye